Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Relationships are like countries. Friendships, families, marriages, any deep, meaningful relationship tends to form its own customs, its own language. Alyssa Sussman, funny you should ask. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and this week it's time for a visit to the kids' table. One of our main goals for 2022 is to grow the show to 10,000 listeners, which, again, just scary to say out loud. Right now, we are a community of around 7,000 people, which is amazing and beyond my wildest imaginations. But the best way to grow the show is to have listeners leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review, and then tell us what you think. So many of you did this last month. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am just so grateful. I wanted to feature one listener's review. Listener RW10303 said, I'm always looking for book titles that fall within my favorite genres. I also want to learn about literature and nonfiction titles that people are buzzing about. This podcast helps me do both. At the risk of sounding trite, this podcast is like sipping a warm cup of tea. I was recently pregnant and loved listening during that time. It was a way to keep calm and also to build my TBR for the long days and nights ahead. Thanks to the bookshelf for this content. Those are such kind, generous words to describe our show. And now I will forever pretend that RW stands for Rita Wilson, obviously. So thank you, Rita, for your comment. (laughs) Rita doesn't listen to the show. It's fine. Okay, back to the show. So if you are a newish listener from the front porch, The Kids Table is our seasonal episode series where I am joined by my former colleague, friend, and cousin, also known as Fuzzin, Ashley Sherlock. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Together, Ashley and I make up members of our own family's real-life kids' table, and we're bringing those conversations to you each season to tell you what we're reading, watching, listening to, and occasionally buying. How are you? I'm doing okay. I can tell that I have matured slightly since we first started doing this because I can now mostly keep a straight face while I listen to you read the intro. Oh, I'm so proud. (laughs) You're doing it. I can barely keep a straight face while I do the intro. (laughs) It's fine when I'm recording alone, but when I'm recording with someone else, I feel like you're witnessing something that was meant to be private. It feels very private and I still stare at my feet the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) oh well welcome back we are here to talk about spring do you remember when we did this for winter and what we talked about sort of (laughs) all we talked about was new york oh my goodness wow that feels like it's been a year let's go back doesn't it i feel like you almost need new york trips or trips in general quarterly that might be my new life philosophy because that really does feel like I understand the concept of time, and I know that was two months ago, but you are correct. It feels like a year ago. I'm a fan of quarterly kids' tables surrounding our quarterly trips to New York. 
uh, maybe I can business expense it. Uh, yeah, if I feel an, like this. If an accountant's listening, <laughs> so tell me, Ashley and I have been looking at a place in the Dominican. <laughs> Would that count as it's a, a write-off? It's basically free. <laughs> absolutely, that's absolutely how that works. I love when I try to explain business taxes to people, and they're like, "Don't you write that off?" And I'm like, "What do you think that means?" <laughs> But yeah, maybe we should write off our travels. We'll podcast about them. It's a business expense. There you go. Problem solved. Problem, problem solved. I'm a genius. Uh, okay, so let's talk about what we've been reading. I would like to start. Okay, <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to tell you about this book because I literally finished it. I started it yesterday and I finished it yesterday. Mm. I started it at the bookshelf while I was waiting for some Storytime Kids to show up. Then went upstairs to do office work, downloaded the audiobook so I could keep reading, and then got home and picked up the physical book again. That's how much I was hooked on this book. And it's a great audiobook. And I know you like to listen to audiobooks. So let me tell you about it. The book is called Funny You Should Ask. This is by Alyssa Sussman. I started the episode with a quote from it. I need you to know that despite my devotion to the blandly handsome man, I do have a celebrity crush on Chris Evans. I'm not the celebrity. He's the celebrity. I wish it wasn't true. I wish it wasn't the case, but it just is. And I'm sorry about it. It's too normal for me, honestly. And I don't really like it. I prefer for my crushes to be quirky and interesting. And this is neither of those things. But what I want you to know is that 10 years ago, there was a celebrity profile written about Chris Evans written by a woman, I believe her name was Edith Zimmerman. And it was written in 2011. You can Google for it. We'll put a link in the show notes. I believe it was a GQ or Esquire piece. And basically, she wrote this profile about Chris Evans, like the standard celebrity profile, except it wasn't standard at all. It was fascinating. And she essentially wound up like going with him to a premiere. It was almost like they had a flirtation, but no one really knows you know, what happened, but the profile ends supposedly, literally with her climbing out of Chris Evans' window to avoid an embarrassing hangover situation. And what I'm telling you is, funny you should ask, is now the fan fiction about that event. So this book is about a writer who does a celebrity profile on a famous hunky movie star who I definitely pictured as Chris Evans the entire time. And I pictured the lead as Jenny Slate or Anne Hathaway, you choose. And anyway, it is essentially fan fiction about the real life article profile that was written and what might have happened before or after. In the book's case, this character interviews this celebrity, and then 10 years later, they get back together to do another interview and to kind of unpack what happened in the first interview. It is very charming. It is occasionally steamy, uh, and I did skim those parts. I would have been definitely unable to listen to those parts. There is something (laughs) about an audiobook that I would not have been able to do, but it was so charming and so fun. I just want to recommend it to everybody. It's a delightful little paperback, great for your beach bag, but also, I know you are an audiobook listener, and the audiobook was fantastic. The narrator was great. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I literally downloaded it while you were talking about it <laughs> using using one of it, my Libra FM credits because Libra FM yes. supports independent bookstores. 
<laughs> free has. Look, that is that is exactly what I did. I downloaded it on Libro. It is so delightful. There is one other book that I've read this year that I literally read again, um, and it was Nora Goes Off Script. And this is another book where I'm like, I think I could read that again, which I never do. I never finish a book and think I could read that again. But this one, I'm like, I could pick up that audiobook where I left off because I left off the audiobook to finish reading it. And now I'm like, I could go back and just listen to the rest of the audiobook. It was just wow. so, it was just so fun. It was so fun. And because I had the backstory and knew about the Chris Evans profile, oh, yeah. and there, I don't know if this will matter to you because I don't know if you've seen this movie, but there are so many references and allusions to the great classic Hollywood film, The Philadelphia Story. Okay. And I mean, I loved it. I watched The Philadelphia Story last night as a like chaser. Is that the appropriate term? <laughs> <That was pleasure. laughs> do I yeah. need to see that movie? Yes, you do. It's a classic. Okay. All right. It's a classic. It's where undoubtedly Amy Sherman Palladino got her rat tat 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 like back and forth. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Should it come before excellent. or after the book? Hmm. I mean, I want you to start the book like the moment we hang up. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Later this year, when I also will beg you to read The Crane Wife by C.J. Hauser, there's a whole essay about Philadelphia story in there. Okay. Okay. So at some point, you've got to watch the movie. Gotcha. Will do. That's my first read. I just had to get it off my chest. I'm so excited. I'm super excited about it. I feel like dropping everything that I'm currently reading or thinking about reading and picking that up. You should. We, we shall see. I read, and I know you did too, but I don't read as much as you do. I read <laughs> The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith and loved every minute of it. It was so charming and it wasn't, it had like, family drama that you like, but it wasn't too much for me to handle. It was just the right amount of drama and mm -hmm. slightly unexpected. And it was about, it was about an Indian musician on a cruise ship. And I have no desire to ever go on a cruise in my life, but I am very interested in like people who do go on cruises and what cruises are yes. actually like. Cruise culture. Cruise, cruise culture. culture reminds, uh, cruise culture reminds me of Disney world culture. It, they do have the same vibe for sure. Yeah. No interest in either one myself, but definitely interested in books about them. So it was it was really nice. It was it was an easy read, and I liked it a lot. You're right that it had family drama, but not dark family drama. Yeah, it had just enough kind of antics. And I look, I am also anti cruise. That's just not something I'm super interested in. But I did think, well, would an Alaskan cruise be okay? Like. There was this really beautiful scene by a glacier that I just thought was so lovely. And now I'm like, is this the best way to go to Alaska? I don't know. I think you can fly there and go out on a boat and see a glacier and be fine. Okay. Maybe that's what I would do. Did you listen to that one? I did. Okay. I can't remember, and it was I can't a good remember who narrated it, but yeah, it was, it was really good. The other one I wanted to mention as well, because again, I know your affinity for audiobooks. So Jordan and I did this thing where we drove to Birmingham and back in one day. And we downloaded the audiobook. And I'm so sorry. Truly, this word is very hard for me to pronounce. And I don't know why I even practiced. The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. This is the nonfiction essay collection that came out, I don't know, a year or two ago yeah. and received rave reviews. And I like John Green a lot. But for some reason, I did not have any compunction. Like, I did not feel the need to pick this up really at all. Despite one of our former staffers really loving this, Caroline, who worked at the bookshelf, loved this book. And anyway, I kept seeing people talk about the audiobook. So I downloaded the audiobook. 
and Jordan and I listened to it on our trip. Jordan was hooked. I was hooked. I should not be surprised that John Green is a great audiobook narrator. He's a podcaster, so I feel like that makes sense and is consistent with who he is. The essays are really funny and interesting. They're they're like listening to a, your nerdy best friend. And honestly, they reminded me of listening to Jordan talk about something. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Like, is this going to make me feel like I'm talking to you and Jordan? Yes, because... Uh, John Green is also OCD. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so he and Jordan are real kindred spirits in that way. And even while listening, I kept telling Jordan, because we were going to break up the trip by listening to an audiobook and then by listening to music. So I kept telling Jordan, like, are you ready to to move on to music? And Jordan kept saying, no, we've got to listen to the next essay. Like it was that, okay. it was that enjoyable that we kept wanting to listen to it. And I don't know, do you know what it's about? I have no idea. I remember it coming out and seeing all the rave reviews, but I guess I was just like you and just happened to not pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. So basically he's taking Anthropocene. He explains it beautifully in his introduction. I'm going to butcher it, but essentially it's the essence of human existence. So he's taking each essay is about a piece of human existence. And then he writes an essay about it. And at the end, he rates it on a five-star scale Okay, because he talks about there's a severe problem with the five-star scale, which there is. And and he's like, what would happen if we boiled things down to a five-star scale? And so he does things like diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and then he also reviews things like the sense of human wonder. <laughs> He, listen, John Green and Hank Green, his brother, are geniuses. Yes. I don't know really what was in the water their mother was drinking, but they are both very <laughs> smart people. And very smart and thoughtful about our current culture mm-hmm. in a way that I wish other people were. Like, I, I just find them to be exceptionally interesting. And the book is exceptionally interesting. Nice. I'll have to pick that one up, too. Okay. So my next one is... When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Bonwell. Have you read this one? I have not read this one. Okay, so I worked Word of South this weekend. And if you're listening mm-hmm. and do not know, that is Tallahassee, Florida's music and literature festival they have every spring. And we sell our books there. Um, and this cover caught my eye and I checked my Libro of him and I had already downloaded the book. So I started it. Oh. But okay, wait, before I get started on talking around the book, I forgot to tell you that at Word of South, this man and his husband came to the bookshelf tent and mm-hmm. he, Olivia and I were working and he was like, are either of you ever on the podcast? And we're like, yeah, we both are on there occasionally. And he was like, that's amazing. I love this podcast. And he pulls out his phone and he scrolls up down his favorites list and he shows it to us and there's from the front porch. And it just <laughs> made our day. I didn't get his that's name. so kind. But I wanted, I wanted to give him a little shout out on here. I really hope he's listening. And I don't, he was wearing a black shirt and he had a beard. And that's all I can remember, but it made me extremely happy. So if you're listening, thank you for coming by the tent and for listening to the podcast. I am much more awkward in person than here. (laughs) So it was weird, but here we are. (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy. It was quite lovely. I I do want to tell you something funny about When We Were Birds, which is I pulled that book off the shelf and handed it to Olivia. And I was like, this cover is beautiful. We should sell this at Word of South. And I think it's funny that you went to Word of South and picked (laughs) out the one book that I was like, this cover is beautiful. And you also thought the cover was beautiful. It's very striking. It is very beautiful. And that is 
That's just one of those things. You texted me, what was it, yesterday, the day before yesterday, asking my opinion on another visual. And I yes. gave you my opinion, option two. And you were like, yeah, it's, my answer was also option two. So I feel like with, if we ever differ on something, then that's when somebody else like needs to dig in. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> needs to pay attention. A therapist needs to be called. That's hilarious. Okay. Anyway, this book. I have not finished it yet. I'm still reading it, but it is Ayanna Lloyd Bonro's debut novel. She's from Trinidad and it has lots of ties to that. It's about two young people wrestling with their destinies. And what's cool about it is it has elements of multiple genres. It's kind of, it's basically a love story mixed with a ghost story mixed with mystery. Mm. And mm-hmm. so it's not my usual genre. It's, basically Mm -hmm. magical realism and i don't have a lot to do with like the fantastical worlds and things like that but it's very interesting so far it feels kind of like a fable okay so yeah it's and it's very beautifully done beautiful words okay um i just wanted to put a plug in for my last thing which is you know my adoration for articles and for long-form journalism and i think If you don't have time to join a book club, you should join an article club or start your own. And one of the articles you should read is this article that came out in The New Yorker, mm, I want to say three weeks ago. Jordan and I happened to listen to it. We sometimes listen to long-form journalism on the app Autumn, A-U-D-M, Odd-M, I don't know. Anyway, we downloaded that app and I like listening to certain articles on it. And this article is called How an Ivy League School Turned Against a Student. It's by Rachel Aviv. And it is this really powerful piece of long-form journalism and storytelling about a young woman who was a student at the University of Pennsylvania. And she got a scholarship there and went on to become a Rhodes Scholar. But the university felt like there were discrepancies in her personal story that had led her to the university. And it is mm, it is a really powerful, upsetting <laughs> look at abuse and um, victims of abuse. And anyway, it is, in my opinion, excellent, excellent storytelling and journalism. And you can listen to it on that app or you can, you know, go to the New Yorker website and read it there. But I think it is really valuable reading and worth discussing in some context with with people that you're close with. So it is called How an Ivy League School Turned Against a Student, and that is by Rachel Aviv. Are we ready to move on to watching? We are. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I can go since you started the last one. Okay. Tell me. So I know you started Severance with Adam Scott Mm -hmm. and have not finished. I finished the first season. That's all there (gasps) is. You did. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The premise of this show is wild. I'm a big fan. I was questionable at first. It felt a little bit like a slow burn, in my opinion. But the last two or three episodes had my jaw absolutely on the floor. Okay. It's just, it's a, it's a wild ride. It's weird. It's about people who go to work, but they get severed. So they like, they're people that they work for insert this little chip into their brain. So you're what, what they call an any at work. So Hmm. your any has no idea who you are, what you do outside of work. They're just aware. Do they call the outside of work your Audi? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. I've, I didn't even remember that. I've, we've seen one or two episodes. Yep. If you're, when you're outside work, you're an Audi. 
uh, the innies and the outies, they like know they exist, but they don't know anything right. about them. The majority of the series is a day in the life of these people, but the last, the last few episodes, man, and it kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger. And unfortunately there's not a date for season two yet, which I'm okay. frustrated by because truly I do like, hate phys- physically my mouth dropped open okay. in the very last episode. Here's my question. So Jordan and I watched the first couple. We really liked it. Is it depressing? Because at first I thought, I don't know how much of a downer I am capable of absorbing right now. Okay. I was concerned about that too. I think it's, I mean, it could be depressing, but I think it's more interesting than depressing. Okay. I can handle interesting because I'm about to tell you about a show that is also bordering on depressing, interesting, (laughs) but it's more interesting than not. And so- as long as it's interesting, I think I'll be fine. But that was part of my hesitation, especially if the, after that first episode. I thought, oh, I like this, but is this all like too much, <laughs> too, too much for me right now? But yeah, it sounds interesting. So, okay, my next one Jordan and I downloaded a trial for Showtime just so we could watch the show Yellow Jackets. Have you watched this show? I have not. Have you heard of this show? I'm trying to think, but I don't think so. Okay, it's about a group of teenage girls in the 90s who are on a soccer team and they get on the plane to go to nationals and their plane crashes and they are in the wilderness and you find out that they survive for 19 months and (laughs) the show opens. It's like Lord of the Flies meets Lost. Like the show opens with a very gruesome scene of a young woman running to her supposed death and she's surrounded by these weird people in various states of ritualistic garb and you realize they're probably teenage girls who have survived and like formed this cult maybe anyway and it goes back and forth between the 90s when this happened and then now 2021 2022 when the women are in their adulthood And the after effects of trauma and what became of these women and what secrets they're all hiding. The casting of the young actors and the older versions of themselves is impeccable, like absolutely spot on. Jordan and I were hooked. My literal only complaint is I put off watching this because we don't have Showtime. We had to download Showtime and do a free trial thing. But I, for whatever reason, thought that this was a 10-episode miniseries slash arc. So please imagine when we get to the end of episode 10 and there is a cliffhanger and things are not wrapped up at all. And I realize, no, no, there are going to be multiple seasons of this show. (laughs) But I went into it the entire time thinking I was getting... 10 episodes worth of storytelling. Uh And that is my only complaint. So my wish for everyone is that you would watch this show, which is gruesome and fascinating and terrifying and really good storytelling, but that you would also go into it knowing that there are going to be more than one season. And so don't be disappointed when you get to episode 10. I literally looked at Jordan and I was so angry. (laughs) I said, what did we just do? Because I would have probably put off watching it a little more, but Uh I just thought, oh, this will be a nice 10 episode thing that we can watch. Silly, silly me. Anyway, very, very worth the download, though. Very much worth doing Showtime for free. Okay, nice. My next one, which I know you've seen too, is Upload. It's been a while since I finished it. it. But it was so good. I I can't believe I hadn't heard of it 
There's two I can't seasons more out. People aren't talking about it. I don't yeah. get it. It's so good. It's very good. It's funny and it's thoughtful and it's by mm-hmm. this that man whose name escapes me who also did Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels. Man, guy's a genius. Yeah. It's so good. And I think if you like the Mike Schur shows, like if you like Parks and Rec or The Good Place, I think there is a lot in Upload that has some of those same sensibilities. Yeah. There's a lot about morality, a lot about our current culture. Jordan and I love it. We binged season one back when it first came out and season two. And I really like Robbie Amell or however you pronounce his last name. Like I'm rooting for his career. He's the very handsome guy from The Duff. Oh, Um, okay. Do you think something like that could actually happen in the distant future? Oh, I hope not. I don't know, but I hope not. I'm worried about the metaverse. Let me be real. Be right. Yeah. Same, same thing, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I try not to think about it, but I would be deeply concerned if that was our future. (laughs) Okay. I want to put a plug here for. Of all things, I can't believe I'm saying this, Bridgerton season two. Oh my goodness. Wait, right? did I know you like this or is this new information? This is new information because I hated season one. With and I tried H. not to hate it. Yeah, I tried not to hate it because so many people I know enjoyed it or had a good time with it. But I watched it with Jordan and we fell asleep during several episodes, like just dozed off. And it had so much sexual content. <laughs> like like aggressively well i okay maybe it wasn't aggressive it felt aggressive to me to be watching a regency era netflix show and i think jordan and i jordan did say he said we mistakenly went into this thinking it was downton abbey and it it was not downton abbey so that might have been part of my issue with season one um but also did you watch season one i started it but lost interest that's the thing. I just was not interested in the main character, Daphne, and her baby bangs. I just did not <laughs> care. Her bangs were so short. It was such a distraction. I, it was the worst hairdo I've ever seen. And so it was worse than when Felicity chops off all her hair. That's an elder millennial reference. I hope people enjoy it. Okay. So I started season two, honestly, fully prepared to kind of sort of hate watch slash watch while I did chores or like something else. You know what I mean? Like really not pay attention, just kind of noise in the background. But let me tell you, I really liked season two of Bridgerton. Really? Yes. I was very invested in the eldest brother's storyline. I know people have been waiting. This is my second Blandly Handsome reference, and I'm sorry about it. And when I say people, I think two people DM'd me and asked me about (laughs) whether I thought the brothers on Bridgerton were Blandly Handsome or not. Here is my final verdict. Anthony, the eldest brother, too handsome. Though with his sideburns, it's a close call. But too handsome is the verdict. Colin, the youngest brother, not handsome enough. Just not handsome to me. I don't find him attractive at all. Middle brother, Benedict, always been my favorite brother. He is Blandly Handsome. Okay, wait, I'm Googling this. Yes, the thing about Blandly Handsome is sometimes you're very handsome and sometimes you're just so, so handsome. You're both, which I think Benedict qualifies. But I think most people will say that Anthony is too handsome given what we just witnessed in season two of Bridgerton. Lots of heavy breathing and lots of bees, literal bees, not just birds and the metaphorical bees, real bees. (laughs) (laughs) I just saying there was a literal there a bee plays a literal role and there's just so much 
slow, like ASMR. Is that what it's called? There's a lot of breathing. There's a uh-huh. lot of breathing. Yeah, I did that. Look, those weren't my favorite parts, but I really liked the love story at the heart of this one. I liked the siblings. Oh, I loved all the Bridgerton siblings. Um, and I loved the Sharma sisters. I think you would like season two. Okay. I might give it a try. Did you look them up? I did. And I think I know who you're talking about. The guy with the sideburns is not handsome enough, right? I don't know. I'm going to send you a picture. I found a picture of all three of them and I'm going to send it to you and I'll circle and identify who's who. Okay. I think I know who is too handsome, not handsome enough, and blandly handsome. Okay. Some people kept telling me Colin was blandly handsome and I'm sorry, guys. No. Also, it, it it is true that if you watch the show, it's hard to like Colin anyway. So maybe that's part of the problem. But I don't find him attractive at all. And blandly handsome people, you have to find attractive. Like you still have to think they're cute. Yeah. That's the whole point. Send me a picture with updates, please. Okay. I know that's the lit- highbrow literary content people are here for. What are <laughs> you? <laughs> what, what else are you watching? <laughs> Okay, so I have two movies, one of which we watched together. So we had a fuzz and night, me, Annie, and my sister, to go see the new Sandy B and Channing Tatum movie, The Lost City. 10 out of 10, in my humble opinion. So funny. Man, I, I laughed out loud so many times. And Sandra Bullock is so talented and so beautiful. And Channing Tatum was also surprisingly wonderful in this movie. Yeah, who knew? Quite I've charming. never been a Channing Tatum fan, but here we are. I know. I like their. I liked their. What's the word? <laughs> chemistry. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes. The other movie I watched recently is The Adam Project with Jennifer Garner. I don't think it is your speed, although it could be okay. Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's a fun cast. It's a fun cast. It's a fun. It's a great family movie. Okay. It's about a little boy who gets bullied and it has time travel. It's very cute. Okay. Maybe I'll try it. Because I, I mean, I like Jennifer Garner. And again, I'm rooting for her career. I wish she was allowed to play more than just moms, even though we love moms. Oh, me too. I stink and love Jennifer Garner. And I take back what I said. I think you would like this movie because there are some very heartwarming moments. Okay. I think Jordan and I will watch it. The last thing I'm going to recommend is a comedy special. It's on Netflix. So a couple of weeks ago, I watched the SNL episode with Gerard Carmichael and I loved his monologue. Like I thought he he did a great job and I had not heard of him before, which is my fault, but also I'm not a huge, I don't just like watch a ton of comedy specials. It's not really <laughs> my general vibe, but I loved his monologue. That was so clever. And then scrolling through Seth Meyers Instagram one day as is typical, I saw that his full interview with Gerard Carmichael was on like the late night Instagram feed. And I thought that's interesting. They don't normally show whole interviews. They normally just show like a two-minute clip or something. And so I sat down and watched the entire interview, and it was stunning. Like, I I think I reposted it to my Instagram story. Like, the way Seth Meyers interacted with Gerard and the way Gerard opened up and shared his story and the way Seth Meyers allowed there to be room for him to tell his story was just really touching and lovely. And truly, the moment I finished that interview, I went and watched Gerard Carmichael's new comedy special on HBO Max. It is called Rothaniel. And I loved it. I told Jordan, I am discovering what I love about certain comedy specials. I'm thinking about the Mike Berbuglias of the world is when it's really good storytelling. Like 
if it is good storytelling, it doesn't even really have to be that funny. Although obviously that is the plus of a comedy special, but I just need it to be really good storytelling. And this is Ashley. I know you love comedy and I know you love writing. You have got to watch this Um, just because the arc of it, and it is a tight, like 55 minutes. Nice. Okay. What's it called again? Rothaniel. And it's on HBO Max. And then before or after you should watch his interview with Seth Meyers. It's really the art of the interview. It's really so good. Good. I need a new comedy something in my life. Okay. Try that. And okay. Moving on to listening to. My listening to is light. As you know, and we have discussed many times, my favorite thing to do is like when a new season begins to start a new playlist on Spotify and I just randomly add songs as they come up in movies or TV shows or on Instagram or a new artist releases something and I just add them to the playlist. And by the end of the season, I have a really fun time capsule of that time. So my winter playlist is officially done and I really am happy with how it turned out. And now I have moved on to the spring 2022 playlist. And I wanted to tell you, though, I'm sure you already know, but I added two new songs last week that I thought you would like. One is the new Harry Styles. Have you heard it? Oh, I have. Of course you have. Isn't it so good? It's wonderful, as is he. It's so... Oh, gosh. What did one of my former bookshelf staffers used to say? It's a bop. It's a real bop, (laughs) I think. I I think it's just really bubbly and fun. I really like it. It's called As It Was. And then have you heard the new Maggie Rogers song? I don't think so. I may have heard a clip. Okay. So I I love Maggie Rogers, but it's been a while since she's put out new music. This is her new song called That's Where I Am. And it is really good as well. And again, just really, it sounds like spring to me. Like both of these songs are upbeat. They're fun. They're good for driving in your car with the windows down. Highly recommend. And I've added them to my spring 2022 playlist. Very nice. My listening is also light. It's an Enneagram 9. I have to not take in some things. So what I'm mostly (laughs) listening to lately is Sounds of Nature. But uh, Mm. the song that has been on repeat for me the past past few days really is Hilarious by Charlie Puth. It is also, I would say, a bop. It's a heartbreak song, kind of. Okay. It's, it's catchy. Okay. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we hang up to see if it's worthy of adding to my playlist. <laughs> we shall see. Please report back. <laughs> okay. Will do. And then checking in on what we're buying lately. I want to tell you about a journey I've been on. Please do. Okay. So I am 36 years old and I keep saying I want a signature lip color. I want a signature perfume. And I do have some lip colors that I like, but I watched an Instagram video the other day, a reel of a woman putting on this brightly colored lipstick and like being so excited and then wiping it off before she goes anywhere. And that is how I feel anytime I wear color on my lips. I just feel like it's a costume and I am not one for costumes. Um, That being said, I think I have found a couple of signature lip colors. Uh, I don't know the names of them, but one of them, interestingly enough, because of what you have put down here is a Charlotte Tilbury lip color anyway wait which one i think it's pillow talk oh my charlotte tilbury lip color is when i was oh uh, i truly aaron moon bought this for me in london and it's the only lip color i really own so (laughs) (laughs) so sure we can call it a signature but what i decided to embark upon this year after talking to some friends of mine when we got together in chicago last fall is i'm trying to find a signature scent And here's the deal. You and I both come from a family of highly sensitive noses and also people who are highly allergic to things. (laughs) And I think that's why I just 
I don't really know what a good perfume smells like because most of our family, the women in our family, it feels like either they don't wear perfume or they're like Totsy from Gilmore Girls and you've been totsy and you wear so much perfume. Yes. <laughs> and so there has to be a happy medium there. And I also, my friends and I were just talking about how well, all of my friends have kids and they were talking about like when they die, they want their children to like smell something and know it was how their mom smelled. And so I was like, man, I don't have any way that I smell. Like I change deodorants fairly frequently because natural <laughs> deodorant is a total, total like kind of sort of scam. Like I just feel like I'm constantly buying new deodorants. Okay. So I found a sampler on Sephora of Joe Malone perfume. And I recognized the name Joe Malone from when I went to London and Joe Malone was like a thing. And I didn't know it was a thing, but it's a thing. The royal women wear Joe Malone perfume. So I got this perfume sampler set for $20 from Sephora and it came with five cents. Jordan and I both collectively sniffed them and I've worn them. There are three that I've narrowed it down to. And now we're going to spend the rest of the summer trying to figure out which of the three could be my signature scent. I don't have the names in front of me. I'm just here telling you that did you know you could buy a sampler set of perfume for $20? Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> what an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> I want my kids to smell something and think of me when I'm gone. Okay. I've okay, never had because, that thought. I mean, I do. Okay. Like, I get it. But Right. Like, I know our houses have smells. Like, your house has a smell. My parents' house has a smell. But, like, mama, our grandmother, had a scent. Like she definitely did. She, she and did. she wore perfume more than our probably our own mothers do because our mothers oh, are yeah. like as asthmatic. <laughs> so and so like I don't know. I think my mom mostly smells like essential oils these days. Yeah. But that's not really my vibe. So I was like, what could I smell like? And so I'm working on it. It's, it's so weird that that was your thing because before we started, I don't know why, but like, <laughs> I guess I was too close to my microphone and like caught a whiff and it smells just like you. <laughs> it's, my it's microphone? Smell, it smells, my microphone. Yeah. It smells like Butterworth. It smells like your house. Does it smell like my office? That microphone's never even been in my parents' house. I know. I don't know. It just smells like general Butterworth. <laughs> or in my house. Now I'm smelling my own microphone, but you can't, notoriously, you can't smell yourself, really. <laughs> my my scent, my personal scent is essential oils as someone with a very sensitive schnoz. Yes. it Look, it's true. I am also very sensitive. I don't like certain floral scents because I get headaches. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm I not interested I in that. I can't burn candles. Yeah. Unless they smell like food. Oh, interesting. I can burn a subtle smelling candle. But I wanted a perfume that, like, if I wore it one day, it wouldn't, like, make my mom have an asthma attack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Smell so like I'm you, but not too much. Right, but won't kill anyone. That's yeah. the goal. Uh, what about you? What have you been buying? Any fun journeys? So several fun journeys, actually. I have okay. a, lot, a lot written down. But I'll follow the theme of, well, I guess. But I wrote... Charlotte Tilbury's Flawless Filter. It is a complexion booster. Okay. I think I use it as like a foundation type thing. Well, this is the first makeup endeavor that I have ever gone on besides okay. mascara and maybe a lipstick. But it just like smooths your whole face and it just magically looks really good. <laughs> Did you have to pick a color? You do have to pick a color. I bought two. I bought one 
on the lighter side that I, that like if it didn't work now, then I would just use it in the winter. And then on the darker side that I'll use once I'm a little bit more tan just to try them out. And I think I got the sample sizes too. Just while I'm okay. testing the waters. I'm going to look that up. I like it a lot so far. I like her lip color. So yeah. what else? Okay. So I know, I can't remember if I said this on another podcast episode. So apologies if I did, but it is something that I like a lot. I know you are always looking for a new pair of athletic shoes. I just bought a new pair. They haven't come yet, but this will be my third pair from Newton, Newton Running. Oh. I typically buy the Gravities, but this time I went with the Motions just to mix it up a little bit. What I like about them is that they have like a shock absorber type thing on the ball portion of your foot, which is really great for more high impact work but also if you just want to go for a walk and maybe tone your calves a little bit it's hard for me to imagine wearing any other shoe for actual working out purposes oh that's good to know i'm still wearing my adidas's that i bought at the peak pandy um okay two years ago but it might i (laughs) (laughs) okay do you know what i just did i didn't write this in the outline but i went to target this week And I have a pair of fake Birkenstocks from Target that I wear to the pool and that I've been wearing for years. I love them. So I found a duplicate pair and I got so excited. They're $20 fake Birkenstocks from Target. And then, you know, Target like writes in their clothes on the tags what season something comes out. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at my old Target fake Birkenstocks and they were from second quarter of 2018. (laughs) How did they last that long? I had two (sighs) pairs of Target Birkenstocks, and I don't know when I bought them. I might have bought them around the same time, but they are so uncomfortable now. They're like my checking the mail shoes. They hurt my feet so bad. My my mom even tried them on and was like, what are these? I I love them. They've been worn for years, but my goodness, it's like it's worse than going barefoot. I love mine so much and I was so excited to find a duplicate pair, but it did occur to me, especially one time my mom trolled me on the internet because (laughs) we went to market last year and she found a picture on her phone of me at market four years ago and I was wearing the exact same outfit. I, I, (laughs) and she literally DM'd it to me and said, get some new clothes. (laughs) That's the most on brand Susie and Annie encounter. It is. It totally is. I also think that's perhaps my Enneagram 5 nature coming in. Like, just wear the same thing. I found a shirt I liked at Target, and so I bought it in two different colors. Just coming just out of the basement once every <laughs> every six months to see the light. Yeah. Um, so funny. Anyway. Well, this has been delightful. Thanks for boosting my mood. Absolutely. Back at you. This week, What I'm Reading is brought to you by the 101st Annual Rose Show and Festival here in Thomasville, Georgia. Ashley, this week is the Rose Show and Festival, and you are talking to one of the judges of the Rose Show Parade floats. That is so (laughs) cool. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm honored. They called to tell me I feel honestly like the equivalent of being asked to judge the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade floats. Like it is the same. Yes, it is the same level of importance to me. I am so excited. This weekend, I will be riding around in a golf cart judging. I'll be Maureen O'Hara is basically what I'll be doing. I'm just so excited. Do you have your outfit picked out? I do not. uh, But I guess I won't be wearing those Target Birkenstocks. (laughs) 
<laughs> but today I spent a good portion of my morning and afternoon in two different meetings with the city of Thomasville, both in my role as a merchant and on the tourism board. And there are so many fun things planned. You know, they haven't really gotten to host Rose Show in the capacity that they wanted to host it for the last two years. And so this feels like a chance to finally get to put into place some of the plans they've had in the works for the last two years. If you are not familiar with Rose Show, you've and you've never been, have you? Mm-mm, I haven't. This will be my first. So it is just a lot of fun and a lot of kind of small town fun, but really well-produced, well-planned, well-executed events. So it'll take place Friday and Saturday, and that's the 22nd and the 23rd as you're listening to this podcast. And Friday, they will open up the Rose Tent, like the marching band comes out and like... Uh, We're right by the Rose Tent, the bookshelf is, and so we can hear the marching band kind of opening everything. Friday night is the parade, and then the swing and medallions come and do a street dance. It is also delightful. And then Saturday is a full day of festivities, including like an artisan market out at the amphitheater, and there will be a concert and a sip and shop on Saturday night. So there's just all kinds of fun events planned. Jordan and I love Rose Show. It makes us feel very lucky to get to live in this town and to get to kind of experience a small town festival. And what's really cool about the role that I get to play, not just as a judge in the parade, but as a merchant means that I kind of get to be behind the scenes and see all the work that goes into it. And it's more than just the Rose show window decorating contest, which is something that we participate in every year. But there are a lot of, there is a lot of time and energy and planning that goes into an event like this. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. And so if you are interested in coming to Rose show, hotels are booking slash booked up. So check your Airbnbs, check surrounding cities. If you are within driving distance, make a day trip, come to Thomasville, experience the fun of being in a small town come to the artisan market, make, build your own bouquet of flowers, come look at all the beautiful window displays. The Thomasville History Center has all the old Rose Show beauty pageant dresses on display. Like it's just a fun event in our town and I'm really excited about it. So this week I'm reading and subsequently crying through Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Ashley, what are you reading? I'm reading Chorus by Rebecca Kaufman. Thank you again to our sponsor, the 101st Annual Rose Show and Festival here in Thomasville, Georgia. If you want to come for the weekend and experience the flowers, fun, food, and shopping in beautiful Thomasville, plan your visit at thomasvillega.com. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Angie Erickson, Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carls, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Kate Johnston Tucker, 
Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.